When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Monday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Happy Independence Day. Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all brought to you proudly. I should add, by BetMGM Nevada, it's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay's here today. How you doing, Jeffrey? Good morning, Gil. Jeffrey, you have done some actual producing on this show today, have you not? Oh, uh, I mean, I usually do, but yes. <laughs> you are You are like, I am all in on the producing today. So uh, Jeff's got some uh, football props for us today. Wes Reynolds joins us to talk golf. That man needs to take a bow after hitting another outright. And we might be shortchanging him. Did he hear? Did he hit one or two outrights this weekend? We don't know. We have to confirm, but definitely hit the hit the postman in uh, the John Deere. JT posted at the John Deere, so Wes will take a bow here on the show. Uh, we'll talk to him about UFC, his takeaways this weekend as well. Anything added to the Open Championship coming up next week? Is that man next week? Las Vegas Chris joins us in studio as well. We did this last week. He hung out for a couple segments. He hangs out for a couple more today on this Independence Day. Just going to shoot the breeze with Las Vegas Chris with some of his betting philosophies. Jason Weingarten from under a cloud of smoke. Because it's July 4th and the bunting will be out. Do you like bunting, Jeff? Do you like bunting? I don't, I'm not talking about putting your bat in front of you and bunting. I'm talking about the, uh, th- that which is draped in baseball stadiums. The sort what of that's called? Semi- bunting, yes. I did not realize that's Stars what and that's stripes, called. Yes, bunting. Huh, okay. Uh, so on a, on a day like this where there's full day baseball, Jason Weingarten will jump in. Uh, Pamela Maldonado also on Wimbledon a little later. Speaking of which, let's start there if we would, because I do have two picks, and the first of which may have started or is about to. Uh, Alizé Cornet uh, is the play coming up here on the lady side, the round of 16. I got her at minus 123. This morning, it was all the way up to like minus 145 in some spots and then dropped all the way down to minus 118 last I looked. So I don't know where it is now, but the number I got it at is minus 123. Alizé Cornet over Isla Tamjanovic. And then a little later on, going over in probably the match of the day, Simona Halep and Paula Badosa. And really, speaking of these, so those are the two plays. Cornet's about to play uh, Tamjanovic. That's coming up. Speaking of Cornet, she took down our Iga future, our 9-1 to play on Iga Sviantek. Now, here's the thing with the reaction to this. We kept saying on this show, there's a reason why we only have the 9-1. to 
And that was the night of Ash Barty's retirement. We never added any Wimbledon futures besides the 9-1 to on EGA. Remember, in the French, we had many EGA futures. U.S. Open, we have a couple. Well, remember we said, I feel much more confident about the U.S. Open with EGA than we do her on grass. She's never won a grass court tournament. We kept saying that. So we only had the 9-1. to wasn't minus 900, as some people seem to react that way on Twitter. No, it was a 9-1 to shot on Iga. And she listen, she won 37 matches in a row. Did you think she was going to win every match for the rest of her career? Never going to lose again. Bill. Never going to lose again. And by the way, if you know anything about tennis, the great ones have a blind spot on a, cer- on a certain surface. It's just how it goes. You know, if you know anything about tennis. Uh, Cornet minus 123 over Tomjanovic. That is this morning here. That's the first one. And again, total over 21 and a half. Halep uh, and Bedosa over 21 and a half games a little later on. So that's, so the Eagle one goes that we still have a Rafa future at plus 725, which remember we got after the draw on the men's side. Uh, did the podcast with Dan Weston and Drew Dinsett. Couldn't believe, I thought, how favorable it was for Rafa. Dan and Drew didn't quite see it that way. So I, I took a, Flyer on Rafa plus seven twenty five. Do I think he's a uh, you know? Do, do I think Novak Djokovic would be the favorite against him in the final? Of course I do. But at plus seven twenty five, you just never know with a guy like Rafa who is halfway to the Grand Slam, trying to get three quarters of the way through it. So we'll see if that gets home. Okay, uh, USFL yesterday. <laughs> Did you see this? The Birmingham Stallions are your USFL champions. Good for them. 33-30 to 30 winners over the Philadelphia Stars. Sad for our buddy Matt Brown from Primetime Action, who, by the way, would even sit here and tell you it's the most ridiculous futures bet he's ever had in his life. He couldn't have cared less. But, but it's just on a whim. Took the uh, Stars before the season 6-1 to one on a guest recommendation on Primetime Action. But can I just say this, Jeff? That was actually, for them, for the USFL, it's actually a pretty good game. Really good game, actually but that the Stallions acted like they won 10 Super Bowls at once, which I thought was very great. But the, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Also, also, the crowd was pretty good. They should do it in Canton every year. Yeah, that, the, the, crowd, the crowd was pretty good for that game. Get out of Birmingham. Go to Canton. Good crowd. But it looked like, it looked like, the, you know, it was uh, Birmingham, Birmingham's game to win. But down five... The, uh, the Stars matriculated the ball down the field, touchdown, two-point conversion. They go up three. And then a pick, and you're like, oh, Philadelphia Stars going to win the USFL championship. But uh, no, not to be. Not to be at all. Their starting quarterback got hurt. We had two backups playing each other. And in the end, uh, Birmingham took the lead. And then a pick six off the hands of K.J. Costello. Oh, boy. Went up two scores, though even Costello and the uh, Stars got a garbage touchdown. That was the end. Then they tried the fourth and 12, right, to, to maintain possession. You have that option. Didn't work out. So for those who had Birmingham Stallions futures, Matt Brown did not. He had the Philadelphia Stars. Congratulations to you. Let me just ask you this, last thing on this. What happens next year when the USFL and the XFL go head-to-head in the spring? The Rock, Dwayne Johnson's XFL, which he bought – from Vince McMahon for $15 million. Are we going to care then? Like, who's playing in the XFL? Well, they, they'll be able to take some guys who played in the USFL this year. The, the, really, the big thing, Gil, is whichever league looks better early will be the one that people watch. What, are we going to have Division Three quarterbacks playing? It's possible. 
I mean, again, there, keep in mind, remember, there were a lot of D1 programs that cycled through plenty of uh, quarterbacks. So we may end up with that. But again, Gil, it's, it's spring football for a reason. And it's not like the old days where the USFL could legitimately pay big-time players to come play for them or, obviously, earlier, the AFL before the merger. I can't wait to bet on quarterbacks like, you know, named Seth Finkelstein. Cannot wait to bet on that. The quality of play should be awesome. USFL you come up with that versus thing? XFL next year. Oh, me and Montesano, we're, we're throwing it back and forth yesterday. Like, what's the level of competition going to be in one of these leagues? It's going to be brutal. Absolutely brutal. Speaking of football, the real football, the NFL, Jeff has a, uh, a prop fest, the first of which, and by the way, he's so I'm, I'm going into these blind. First one is, is, I'm looking at the other screen here, season-long interception totals, not talking about defensive players with interceptions, talking about quarterbacks throwing interceptions. Correct, yes. Okay, via DraftKings. So these are all done, and these are all randomly placed on the screen here. These, these, are, these are all based off of... Uh, these are by conference. By, by conference divisions here in the order. Uh, the other one will be uh, alphabetically uh, put together there, Gil. But let's start. The first number that stood out to me, what do you think? What do you think's the one that stood out immediately? Carson Wentz. Exactly. Ten and a half. Ten and a half. How is it that low? <laughs> I can't tell you. Because the only way, the only way I would be able to go under that is if you told me he got hurt or was so ineffective that he's out of the starting lineup midway through the season. But even if he gets nine, 10 starts, 10 and a half still might be too low. That was the number that stood out immediately to me looking through this. Like, it should be 12 and a half, 13 and a half at least, because the biggest number we saw that we'll see between the two conferences is a 14 and a half, which a, a few young quarterbacks in the AFC have, but 10 and a half on Wentz is really, really low. Well, we always say with counting stats, whether it's baseball or football, right? And you're going over that you're rooting against injury here with a bad stat, like interceptions, right? The thing is flipped on its head. As you said, the only way you could see it going under is it with an injury or a benching or anything else. But Carson Wentz, everything we've seen from him recently, post-injury, and certainly in the last year or so, is a guy who, under duress, has, has no problem doing the Jameis thing, where he just wings the ball up into the air. That's his thing. In fact, didn't we see that against the Titans by the goal line? Do I remember that correctly? The, uh, the lefty yes. parachute for yes. the pick six? That game was over by halftime. So, I, listen, I'm with you, and it's not like Washington, even though they did re-sign Terry McLaurin, it's not like they are teeming with weapons um, that are reliably open every single time. But Carson Wentz, I'm with you there. Let me just let, let me go for some others here. Uh, last year, well, let's go through last year's stats first, right, before we even think further about that. Justin Fields, it should be pointed out, is the high mark for NFC quarterbacks at 14 and a half. Last year, do you know who led the, inter- you know who led the uh, NFL in interceptions last year? Go ahead. It was a tie. Can you guess who it was? I'm talking NFL now, not just NFC. It was Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, and I forget who he was tied to. Trevor with. Lawrence and Super Bowl champion Matthew Stafford. Okay. Both had 17. Taylor Heineke, Washington. 
Josh Allen and Justin Herbert with 15 each. So again, remember, you can be really good and throw a whole bunch of picks too. And Justin Herbert, just on sheer volume, right? Sheer volume is going to throw it. Justin Herbert threw 672 passes last year. Only Tom Brady threw more, and Tom Brady's are of the dink and dunk variety more often. But Justin Herbert is throwing it all around the yard. So Justin Herbert, as much as I love him, what's his number this year? Because he threw 15 last year in 672 attempts. And if you throw enough attempts, you just, just on math, just on, on odds, you're going to throw a bunch. Do we have his number? We have it, but you're going to have to. Uh, okay. Well, you're not going to have to wait. 13 and a half on Herbert. I think I have to go over. But there are some other ones, okay. especially on the NFC side, where there's we'll one in it. particular that's a little too high for me. We'll go back to it. Yeah. All right. Wes Reynolds, Jason Weingarten, Las Vegas Chris, Pamela Maldonado. It's a numbers game. Happy Independence Day from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay, producer number five and eight here uh, as well this morning. Uh, we were just talking off air about the uh, 
the unbelievable match between Kyrgios and Tsitsipas this weekend. We were on Kyrgios for that. Um, Kyrgios in four in a tie break. And then their post-game pressers where they were just murdering each other. They both got fined, by the way. Now, people are going to kill Tsitsipas because he lost, right? But one of the things that Tsitsipas said that rings true. He's like, I'm not even sure Nick Kyrgios is capable of playing a tennis match without chaos around him. Like, it, he has, uh, this is now away from the press conferences, that dude has more talent than maybe anyone, and I mean anyone. Even, even the big three, yes, sheer raw talent, maybe even. But man, what a, what, just absolute chaos surrounds every one of his matches. He's in a dogfight with Brandon Nakashima right now. Great match going on between uh, Christian Garin and Alex de Menor. Again, Pamela Maldonado on Wimbledon a little later. We have the Cornet uh, match. We're on Cornet, and then we're on the over in the Bedosa Halep match a little later on. Uh, basketball, because you and I spent most of Friday morning, Jeff, talking about what the fallout of Thursday, where Kevin Durant requested a trade from the Nets, and we went team by team from Durant's requested teams to be traded to, the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat, versus all the other teams in the mix, why Phoenix and Miami might not work out, we went through it in detail, and why teams like New Orleans or Toronto or, dare I say, Golden State or Washington, don't even want to bring it up, why those teams would have the best packages. Sorry, DMV, I don't want to do this to you again. Bring them home. No, it's not going to happen. But, you know, these are the, these are the things. And so now the, the latest we've heard from this, and I'm curious if you're surprised at all, Jeff, Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski, he says, really no traction on either of the KD, Phoenix, or Miami scenarios. And really no traction on Kyrie to the Lakers. He said the Kyrie to Lakers thing may happen, but it's not like the Lakers have been super aggressive about it here in the short term. So this could last a while. Based on what we were talking about Friday, that's not really a surprise. This is definitely going to last. Let, let's take the Kyrie thing first before going to Durant. If you're the Lakers, take your time here. You're, don't bid against yourself. Because realistically speaking, they're the only team that seems to be in this for Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I know Philadelphia was mentioned. Yeah, I know Dallas was mentioned. Philadelphia's not happening. It's not happening. You, you risk having Harden say, you know what, I'm not resigning with you if you do that. <laughs> and, this, this dude. And if you're Dallas, I, I, why would you do that to yourselves? Even with all the talent, it's not worth the aggravation when you already have a top three player in Luka who has somewhat of a similar skill set to Kyrie, at least offensively. The Lakers shouldn't bid against themselves. So that makes sense. And the Nets are in no rush to give Kyrie what he wants in any fashion that's somewhat quick. The Durant one's interesting because the Rudy Gobert trade kind of messed up the whole market here. Okay, this is what I wanted to get to. What was your reaction to this? So Rudy Gobert, who let me just say, I love as a player. I might have even had an MVP ticket on him at 200 to 1 once upon a time. May have. May have. They, the Utah Jazz, here's the thing about Danny Ainge. Danny don't do, trader Danny doesn't do trades unless he fleeces. Danny Ainge, who uh, famously traded the Markel Fultz number one pick, which ended up being Markel Fultz, which ended up netting the Celtics' Jason Tatum a couple picks later. 
Danny Ainge, who famously traded Doc Rivers for a first-round pick. It's my favorite one. But he trades Rudy Gobert to the Minnesota Timberwolves in a blockbuster that'll pair him with uh, fellow All-Star Carl Anthony Towns. Woj first to report that. Timberwolves send Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, Leandro Bomaro, number 22 pick Walker Kessler, and four, count them. You don't want to count them? Four first-round draft picks to the Jazz. And Utah will acquire unprotected picks in 2023, 2025, 2027. Top five protected pick in 2029. And I believe there were some pick swaps involved in that as well. Two pick swaps. Maybe I'm wrong about the pick swaps. Maybe I'm getting that confused. So, just a haul. Four first rounders. If Gobert gets that, what is what are they getting for Durant in Brooklyn? My goodness. Well, and also, too, if you're the Nets here, you're in a scenario where he's under contract for the next four years. Mm-hmm. You can also get in a scenario where if you really want to, you can dare him. If you don't get the package you want, you can dare Durant into saying, you know what? If you want to sit out the next four years, go ahead. You know, Go ahead. Dude, you know, pull a Ben Simmons. It's do funny, that. It's funny you bring that up, Jeffrey, because on Friday, one of the things that I wanted to say, I got to most of the things I wanted to say. The one thing I didn't say was, remember the word is request. Request a trade. It's just a little bit of wiggle room there with a the request. He's asking. They don't have to do anything if they don't want. I mean, it's probably not best for them in the end, right? That's the point of why they would grant it. But if they're not getting the deal they want, eh, we'll see. Anyway, does this make you want to bet the Gobert to the Timberwolves? Does that make you want to bet on the Timberwolves to win the title or to win the okay, West? So, 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 Gil, uh, I was on primetime with Madden Kelly on, on Friday night, and – I actually said that I would be less likely to want to bed Minnesota now. Less likely. I don't think that's a good mix up there with him and him and Carl Towns. I don't think that really works. And here's the big thing, Gil. Rudy Gobert in the regular season is an, is a top 25 player in the league. That's fair? Regular season Rudy Gobert? Yep. In the postseason, we have seen now on multiple occasions that he has been run out of series. <laughs> By in multiple occasions, he's a matchup. He's nightmare he, for the team that has him. Right. Yes. It's a great way to put it. It's very rare that we ever see a scenario like that, but that's what it is. And I would be concerned in the postseason with Minnesota. All right, you get you avoid the playing game. Great. That's good for a franchise that has been a disaster basically its entire existence. One conference final, and that's it. But. If you're really trying to win a championship, come out of the West. That doesn't getting Rudy Gobert and trading all those assets and destroying your bench in the process doesn't do it for me. T Wolves forty to one to win the NBA title, half that to win the Western Conference. I, I would need, I would need seventy and thirty five still. Yeah, I still wouldn't bet. Good starting lineup. I, no he, bench. No bench. Zero bench. Your bench was traded. So if I said to you, all right, Jeffrey Parlay, you must, you must make one NBA bet now. Again, not knowing where KD ends up. So this is, this is basically a where you think KD's going and how that shakes out then exercise. But if you had to make a bet right now, which you don't, but if you did on July 4th, what's the bet to win the NBA championship? Well, thank you for making sure that I don't have to actually have to make the bet because it would really yes. 
You do not. It would be a lot of fun to have my money get held for 11 months. We're just talking. It's July 4th. First off, I will tell you right now, I would not bet the Lakers. I, I do not understand why Thank that you. number has Thank legitimately been cut more than half in the last week. Uh, they can't quit it. the Lakers. Yeah, people can't help themselves. You know, if you're going to make me, if you were to make me bet something, I would still take Dallas. You get 22 to 1 to win the title. Yeah. You have a top three player in the league in Luka. You have enough room where you can go get a go get another player that pushes you closer to being a legit championship contender. And twenty two to one is they should probably be the same number as Philadelphia, who's twelve to one right now. Which is also an interesting bet, right? Yeah, I, I having acquired twelve to one still feels a little short on Philly. PJ Tucker to Philly or Malcolm Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari to Boston. What what is what is more impactful? Well, if Brogdon's healthy, it's Brogdon. Yeah. Forget Gallinari. Just can't stay healthy. Though. He just can't stay healthy. But I, I would say Dallas at 22 to 1. And if you're making me go way down the board, it would be New Orleans at 40 to 1. Because of what could be. What could be. And you know what? That roster is pretty darn good. The roster's really good, but can they win a championship is the, is the well, point. Again, at 40 no. to 1, yeah. taking a number. If you run it 40 times, do they even win once? I don't know if they do. It'd be close. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if they do. <laughs> The answer, as always, is the Warriors. But, you know, hey, look, I, I totally get it. At the number, I think Dallas is probably the answer. Just no, because so of the we, sheer we, force of Luka. We discussed this last week. Yeah, Everyone at the top, in all likelihood, is going to have a better number at some point during yep. the regular season. And especially Golden State, who if someone gets hurt, they'll take a few weeks off. Yep. No, there's no question. And why wouldn't they? Like, if Steph tweaks an ankle, they'll be like, hey, take your time, Steph. You got to don't worry. We'll be in the postseason. You'll be fine. We'll get back to those season long interception totals and other NFL props on the other side. Plus again, Jason Weingarten on this baseball day, Independence Day, full day baseball. Some thoughts on the NL Cy Young and yes, the AL MVP and Cy Young as well. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN summer special is here for only $19. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today and you'll get VSIN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. And if you want the full VSIN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Points Bet Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want at the cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vsin.com slash summer. Tiebreakers everywhere, Jeffrey, at Wimbledon. Nakashima Kyrgios, third set tiebreaker with it uh, one set apiece. Green Diminor, the old up to 10 tiebreaker in set number five. If anybody's got action on that, which we do not. Back to the NFL. We started out here with some season-long interception totals. Uh, we uh, we put them out by conference, Jeffrey did here, and we were talking about how 10.5 on Carson Wentz seems low. That seems like an over. And Justin Herbert, 13.5 for me seems low, not because I don't love Justin Herbert. I do, and I love the Chargers. I am very bullish on the Chargers with their new defensive additions this year. But Justin Herbert slings the ball around the yard so much 672 times last year, to be exact. Only Tom Brady had more, 719, but Tom Brady's are largely quick dink and dunks. Justin Herbert just is just rifling them downfield. 
So I, I would think that 13 and a half is actually low, again, just on sheer volume. There were some other players that stuck out to you, other quarterbacks, Jeff. What were you thinking here as well? Yeah, the, most of my standout numbers were on the NFC side. Okay. As we already discussed, Wentz over 10 and a half. If he stays healthy, that seems very, very low. Let's take Aaron Rodgers for I a was, second. I was here. just looking at that. Because Aaron Rodgers last year, Gil, at one point it was eight and a half minus 200, which I thought was the easiest money you're ever going to have. Then it dipped to seven and a half, uh, closer to the flat. Didn't matter what ne- number he had last year. Rodgers threw a hearty four interceptions, and that was with two in the first game. Four picks. Rodgers has not thrown more than seven interceptions, Gil, since 2015. He's only thrown more ever since 2010, where he threw some interceptions earlier in his career. He's only thrown more than seven twice. Uh, 2012 was the other one. I know Devontae Adams isn't there anymore. I know it's a lot of new wide receivers. But isn't seven and a half too high on Aaron Rodgers? I would still go under seven and a half with Rodgers. He just doesn't throw interceptions. Normally, I would sit here and I would tell you, you know what, Jeff? I I get what you're saying, but seven and a half is still low where I would take the over in it. And if you beat me, Aaron Rodgers, tip of the cap. But you know what Aaron Rodgers seems like to me in these last couple years? Let me see what you think about this. Go with this here. There was, there was remember Cliff Lee, the baseball pitcher, as opposed to like, as opposed to like the kitchen pitcher. I don't know why I said the baseball pitcher, but Cliff Lee. There was a I want to say it was 2010. It could have been 2012. There was a there was a year early early part of last decade where Cliff Lee's K to walk ratio was unbelievably astronomically good. And I remember that as the summer went on, I came to the theory, I I sort of came to the thinking that Cliff Lee had become aware of this unbelievable K-to-walk ratio and had started to groove the baseball. And you could fade him at a good plus number, and we eventually hit, like I remember there was a Twins game where he got shelled because he was like, he was doing everything possible to protect that, it seemed like. Remember Joe Blanton? Remember that dude? How could we forget the last pitcher to hit a home run in a World Series game? Oh, wow. Good on you. Blanton was get, was so bad with with uh, with grooving pitches, or excuse me, with, with issuing walks, I should say, that at some point in his career, he was like, I'm going to do anything humanly possible not to issue a walk, even if it's serving up meatballs. So now, transfer this to football, you're like, where are you going with this? I got the sense last year a few times that Aaron Rodgers so badly doesn't want to throw a pick that he will actually not, unless it's Devontae, those guys were were connected by a string, it seemed like. There's just unbelievable connection between those two. There were times where I was like, wow, Aaron Rodgers didn't wouldn't force that ball in there. I almost think, to your to your sort of buttressing your bet here, I almost think that he's gotten to that point in his career where I think the under would be the play. And I would never typically want to go under 7.5, but I think Aaron Rodgers' mentality has gotten there. I could be completely wrong about that. But in, in observation, there were times I remember thinking that last year. Who else? By the way, that Cliff Lee season, you're talking about 2010? 2010. Yeah. Where Cliff Lee strikeout-to-walk ratio was 10.28. Yeah. 
which is just ridiculous. And I think at one point it was even better than that during during the season. Right. Uh, that was uh, Cliff Lee ended up on the American League champion Texas Rangers yes, he at did. the end of that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we know who won the World Series. I think year. we do, Jeffrey. Yeah. Yeah. Your San Francisco Giants. I want to ask you a question on one other one on the NFC before going over to the AFC. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance is listed here. Yeah. At nine and a half. What do you do with that? That's what I was about to ask you because there are two thoughts of thinking on this. You could either go Trey Lance is going to be the week one starter for the San Francisco 49ers, and that is going to go zooming over nine and a half. <laughs> or Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't get traded, wins the quarterback competition and we don't see any of Trey Lance and this is an easy under. I'm still getting over the fact that you said two thoughts of thinking. Well, why not? I, I think you answered your own question, man. I don't think you can touch that. I really don't unless you unless you really have conviction on how this is going to go. And let me just since you since you bring it up, since you bring it up, young parlay, what are the Niners thinking? Like isn't the object of every NFL season to win the Super Bowl? Correct? For them, especially with how close they are, yes. Okay. What are we doing? Why, why are we going through this charade anymore? Like, I, I get it. There's a lot of Jimmy G detractors. I am not one of them. I actually think he came up really big in a lot of key moments this last year. He had a lot to do with their success and how, how deep they've gotten. By the way, he also was in a Super Bowl, and they had the championship on, on their racket, if you will, late against the Chiefs. Couldn't get it done. I get it. He did have one horrific overthrow in that game. But Trey Lance, you're going to do that to the San Francisco 49ers fan? You're going to be like, yeah, we're going with the kid. You're right, Jeff. I mean, everything you said, right? It soars over nine and a half if you know that he's playing, or it's a free bet if you know that he's not. So I, I don't know. Then you're just praying against Jimmy G injury, right? It, it, it's the, it's the of all the ones between the two conferences, it's the hardest handicap because – it's so simple of a handicap if we knew what was going on with that starting uh, situation. On the AFC side, Gil, really not that much stood out to me. Uh, it, there, there were – you look at the young guys, because all the young guys who were rookies last year, for the most part, are pretty high numbers. Wilson's at 14-and-a-half. Lawrence, who, tie, who was tied for the regular season lead in picks, 14-and-a-half. Davis Mills, 14-and-a-half. The only thing I would look to is if you think any of these young guys are going to be much better protecting the football than they were in year one and taking them under. But I'm not sure I'm at the point with trusting any of those three to protect the football better than they did a year ago. The only one I would even consider going under would actually be Mills, as wild as that may seem. Well, it's your boy Zach Wilson for your Jets. Eleven picks last year. Remember, remember, didn't play, didn't play the whole complimentary games. Play. Played thirteen games yeah. though. Didn't play like a very few games either. But eleven and eleven picks in thirteen games, eleven picks in three hundred eighty-three attempts is actually. I didn't know. I didn't do the uh, ratio here, but that's a pretty high one. Thirteen and a half on. Oh, excuse me, fourteen and a half on him. Number feels right. Feels right. Feels right. What Wouldn't about- shock me if he throws eleven again. Wouldn't shock me if getting more opportunities and they're going to be trailing in games still. Wouldn't shock me. He could end up with seventeen or eighteen. Trevor that Lawrence. number feels right. Though. Trevor Lawrence tied for the league lead last year was seventeen. He's at fourteen and a half. Yeah, I, I think these. Ooh. I think him and Lawrence uh, Wilson and Lawrence's numbers are right. Now the interesting one though, because remember Mahomes la- before last year, Gil, Mahomes didn't throw interceptions. 
And then he had that whole stretch at the beginning of the year last year where they couldn't get anything right. Any, it seemed like any tipped ball that went into the air ended up as a pick with 13 picks last year. Obviously, his first full year, he had 12. Other than that, he's only had 11 in 2019 and 2012, or 2020, I should say, combined. Mahomes at 10 and a half, though, that would be a consideration for the overgill because we could very easily see a start to the year like last year where they're trying to figure something out. Defenses are able to slow Kelsey down early, and because Tyreek Hill's not there, you have new wide receivers learning how to play with Mahomes. Wouldn't shock me if we get a bunch early, and then you're hoping you have enough banked early in the season that you can get maybe three the last six, seven, six to eight weeks, and that would be enough to get you over on Mahomes at ten and a half. Tannehill twelve and a half with uh, Robert Woods and the poo poo platter of wide Fe- receivers. Feels right. Twelve and a half feels right. Just I think these AFC numbers are are less bettable than the NFC numbers. Hmm. Interesting market for sure. We'll come back. Tennis. Pamela Maldonado joins us on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits, like free bets and risk-free tokens, planning a trip to Vegas. You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program, featuring exclusive offers, incredible 
experiences and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Gil Alexander. Uh, Las Vegas Chris will be uh, in studio a little later on the show. He is... Uh, He's listening in. He he chimed in on the Rodgers thing, Jeff, with the uh, interceptions. And he says, he goes, I think he throws more picks. It's been hurting his game playing it too safe. And he agrees with me that he has, that um, that Rodgers has, <clears throat> has been playing it way too safe. Almost to the point, again, my theory being like, he almost is protecting that. And whatever I do, I'm not throwing a pick. But now he's kind of got no choice, right? You can't play that way anymore. You don't have your 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 elite wide receiver, and and by the way, there's a lot of people you know who are like, oh, Rodgers makes everybody great. What happened to Jordy Nelson when he left? And they'll go through receivers who who dropped off a cliff when they left. Well, yeah, I'm not saying he's not good for the receivers either, but he's he's got to take chances this year. So maybe seven and a half. I don't know if I would bet the under on that. I I, I understand the other side of the coin. Again, it is such a low number. So low. At seven and a half. That was the first thing I said is like, you you almost have to bet over and then just tip of the cap if you beat me. It's one of those where you could very easily, and again, we thought last year, week one, he throws two picks in the first game against New Orleans and then throws two the next 16. Yeah. So he's like, I'll show you. It's just one of those where, yeah, you could be, you could. You'd have a very slow start, and then all of a sudden, uh-oh, I only have three to play with in 14 weeks, and Rodgers just doesn't throw any the rest of the year. He re- goes back to what you were talking about, Gil. Let's bring in Pamela Maldonado from Austin, Texas. You can follow her on Yahoo Sports at Pamela M. That's Pamela M. 35. I like to say Pamela M. Pamela Maldonado, how you doing, Pam? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. I'm Super excited right now because Christian Garin, he just won the fifth set tiebreak over Alex Dimonari. This is his first quarterfinal in a major in his career, and I'm a huge fan of his. And he's a clay court specialist excelling here on grass. And, man, I am, like, literally thrilled right now. <laughs> did did you bet him? I did not. Um, yeah. I did one of my buddies actually asked me last night if Demonar had a chance to win this tournament. I said, laugh out loud, no. But I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if he if Demonar ended up losing to Garin. And once they got into the fifth set, you know, what people kind of undermine is that in a fifth set tiebreak in majors now, it is a 10-point tiebreak. Yes. And you're in a fifth set. That is going to favor a clay court player like Garin because – it becomes all about mindset. It becomes about long rallies. Fifth set, you're gassed. So I would give the edge to Garin to a clay quarter like him, and he, he pulled it out, and I'm really excited for that. Well, because there's there's nothing in grass court numbers that would have suggested an upset like this, but Garin gets it done, no. and he is in a uh, quarterfinal at Wimbledon. Now, we know this is what we know first and foremost about you, Pamela, is that you are in the tank for Novak Djokovic come you know, hell or high water, you are all about Novak. <laughs> now, he, he finally dropped a set yesterday. He did so to the serve bot that is Tim Van Reithoven. By the way, I had Van Reithoven plus the games, and I said to uh, my buddy Todd when, when Van Reithoven was up 5-4 in that uh, second set, I was like, we're better off losing this 7-6 than we are winning this 6-4 because if we win this 6-4, we're in big trouble, and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Novak was just like, you're done. Um, right. Is there anything that you've seen, anything that would suggest to you that Novak is not going to win this tournament? 
Absolutely not. I do not see anything that says Novak Djokovic will not be winning uh, Wimbledon. However, <laughs> um, Nadal, he is still a major threat, mm-hmm. and I am still a huge believer that Nadal has the legs. He looks, He's looking sharp. He's looking fresh. I don't know if he got injections in his nerves this time around or if he did some cell in between tournaments, but he's looking. his health is looking fine. His stamina is looking fine. His skill set is definitely still there, and his because he hasn't had to face some of these tougher opponents um, because they've all been eliminated or out doubly deed from COVID. He hasn't had to use um, his stamina, his legs. So he, he could definitely ride this into the final, but uh, he could here in a bit face Taylor Fritz. Um, that's going to be his first test. And we're mm-hmm. going to see if he can come out with a win in that. I would still expect him to, but it's not going to be an easy feat uh, because Taylor Fritz is playing like on fire right now. He is, his service. He is just, Locked in. Yannick Sinner plus 560 against Novak tomorrow in the quarterfinals. By the way, I really miss Manic Monday. This used to be, this Monday, the greatest day in tennis where they would throw all the round of – we would have a day off yesterday on Sunday, and they would throw all the round of 16 games onto Monday. I really miss that because now it's kind of sort of deflating a little bit. So you're giving Sinner no shot, I guess, at plus 560 against Novak. Mm -mm. I'm with you Mm -mm. on the Nadal thing. I I bet Nadal plus 725 after the draw because I thought the draw came out so – super favorable to him and figured right. there's there could very well be a Novak Nadal final after all once I saw that draw. So I, I do have that. Do you think it let's just for giggles now, mm-hmm. let's say mm-hmm. the Nick Kyrgios run continues. Nick Kyrgios, who we talked about many on many occasions, or at least I have, Pam, which is mm-hmm. this dude has more raw talent than maybe anybody. But we all know right. about the drama that surrounds him at every turn. It's almost like it to, right. to quote to paraphrase Stefanos Tsitsipas it's almost like he can't play without the chaos around him. But <laughs> but just go with this. If he yeah. if he were to beat Nadal on that side of the bracket and Kyrgios were to face Novak Djokovic in a Wimbledon final, which would be awesome, by the way, from just a theater standpoint, he'd be a tremendous dog. Do you think that his antics could get in the head of Novak? I mean, obviously his serve is challenging enough. Novak, great returner, I get it. But would you would you be scared? I know Nadal puts a little fear into you. Would Kyrgios put a little fear into you, or none at all? Uh, absolutely, because there's not many players that Djokovic has trouble against. Kyrgios is one of those. He's 0-2 against Kyrgios, actually, in the head-to-head. Um, granted, these matches were last played in 2017. However, if Kyrgios were to get into the final, that's because he is healthy. And his mindset is there. And this is a situation that we haven't seen from Kyrgios. So it's kind of one of those uh, wild card situations of, okay, he may actually want this. Okay, he may actually be healthy. Okay, like this is really happening. Um, I would definitely put some. And I don't think that the books would lay a huge underdog number on him based off of the head-to-head matchups, even though it was in 2017. But if he's there in the final, it's because he is knocking in those aces. But he is injured maybe right now i'm not sure if you've been paying attention to uh, watching the nakashima kyrgios match but he has been messing with that right shoulder his serving shoulder the entire match um he had the physio called out and he we haven't seen you're talking about the antics not once has he shown any type of blow up in this specific matchup right now and now they're in the fourth set yeah. so i don't know if this could go five um but what when you went, when I was in the studio with you, the one thing that we talked about was he lacks the mental stamina 
Well, he also lacks the physical stamina, Kyrgios, because he's admitted that he doesn't train like all the, all the other players does. While everyone is, what did we see from Carlos Alcaraz between like November and January of 2021 and 2022? He came back like 10, 15 pounds heavier with some muscle. He definitely put in the work to build up that strength in his legs where he needed to. Do you think Kyrgios is doing that in the offseason? I definitely don't. Um, so that's why his body isn't able to keep up with he may have the skills, but this is two weeks in a best-of-five major tournament. So once you start getting to the Nadals and the Djokovic's, the ones who do put in the work to keep their bodies healthy, I'm still going to give the edge to those players, even though the raw talent is definitely there. And you're 100% right. He's got to get past Brandon Nakashima here, uh, even though he's up two sets to one, Curios. Brandon Nakashima, great grass court number, so anything possible here right now, even as we speak. Uh, last thing, we only have a minute left. Anything on the Gofen-Nori match tomorrow? Tomorrow, Cameron Nori is a big favorite. Gofen plus 190 coming back. Anything there? I am a huge Gofen fan. So as a f- later in the tournaments, I like to be a fan and less of a better. So I am rooting hard for David Gofen. I think he is a fantastic. He is so sharp of a player. He has that court sense that the big three have but he hasn't had the physical capabilities because, or the mental mindset. He lacks the biggest part of the weakness in his game is that he doesn't have belief in himself. Well, now that he's coming back from injury here in 2022, he has been on a tear. He's been getting back to form. And I would say that even yesterday's match, that he's probably back to like 90%. But he's coming off a five-setter, and Nori is no joke to be playing against. So I would... If he can pull this out in five, I think that's definitely possible. I think the plus 190 shows value, but I would probably be looking to the over instead of an underdog line. 38 and a half, the total in games for tomorrow's quarterfinal match between Cam Nori and David Goffin. Pam, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Um, Enjoy the rest of the tournament. We'll see what the final ends up being. Yes, happy 4th of July. You too. Happy Independence Day. Pamela Maldonado, everybody. Jason Weingarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke on Baseball Next, Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.